feeling young, but they treat me like the OG. And they want the tea on me, I swear these bitches nosy. Said he put some money on my head, I guess we gon' see. I won't put no money on his head, my nigga. Yo, 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 what up, everybody? Welcome back to season two, episode two of the Netfront Traffic Report podcast. As always, Steve, your host, with Mitch and Bernie. And the season, 2021-2022 season, has officially begun. Danton Heinen with the first goal of the season. I don't think anyone uh, predicted that one. But boys, hockey's finally back. We got Pittsburgh and the Lightning right now. And the Kraken and the Knights at 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, Pretty excited. ESPN, they're finally back in business. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely tuning into the later game. We're recording right now, so I don't got the, the other game on in the background right now but uh definitely tuning in for tonight because i want to see how seattle does against a pretty good vegas team yeah i I think it'll be a great game i think it'll be sweet to see i actually can't wait until they get to play at home i'm excited to see what that rink looks like and see what the fan base and and everything they got going on down in seattle yeah i was about to say when they get back in seattle it's the place is going to be jumping What's it? They're nicknamed uh, nickname at the Crack House for the Kraken. Yeah, if it's anything like the uh, the Seahawks games, it'll be incredible atmosphere down down there. Oh yeah, I I bet it will be, and I can't wait for the the uh, Vancouver Seattle uh, rivalry to get going. That'll be sweet. Yeah, hopefully that will be a rivalry. I know Vancouver and Calgary have kind of been rivals technically, but now Seattle's right there, and the fan base are kind of almost like. Couple hours in between each other, so they can go to both games. That'll be good. Maybe like a Toronto Buffalo kind of deal. But boys, yeah. big news uh this afternoon. Nick Suzuki in Montreal signs a brand new deal, eight years, seven point eight seven five million dollars for the youngster, young centerman. What do you guys think? I think this is a really sick deal. I think it's gonna be looking really good in the future. Patrice Bergeron esque. I know it's a lazy analysis, but that's who I find perfect fits him. Yeah, I got to agree. I love this deal. I love that it's eight years that they got him locked down for under uh, under like a, a double digit figure. So under 10 mil, which I think was great. Um, not that I'm saying you deserve 10 mil yet, but I'm just saying I think it's great that they got him that got that extension done now uh, for a guy that's going to be like down the road. What I think to be an elite two way centerman in the league. Yeah, for, for me, I like the deal, too. But for me, like the biggest test or the eye test for me is seeing how they perform in the playoffs and Suzuki's always been a playoff performer. You go back to his days in the Ontario League. Uh, I'm pretty sure he won a, a an OHL championship with the Guelph Storm, and then mm-hmm. you know last year with a very solid performance, uh, you know dragging a team to the Stanley Cup final that, in my opinion, didn't deserve to be there. So, um, really good deal for what I believe is going to be a really good player for the Montreal Canadiens down the line. Yeah, and just the fact that you get him under eight million just looks so good in the next couple of years, right? So. Yeah, it just looks even better. Like we were talking about it this morning in the group chat, just even better with uh, with Patterson's deal last week with three years at whatever it is, like a hundred grand less. And now you're locking up, you know, Suzuki with you know five more years on term. Yeah, we kind of differed in opinions there, though, Bernie, because I think I still think the Patterson deal is just as good. Like I think Patterson's a more proven player than Suzuki is right now. He's also had a great playoff run with Vancouver. In 20, uh, 2019, 2020, he like, was point per game in the playoffs. So I think that uh, Pedersen's more proven. He's sniffed around 30 goals twice in his career. Suzuki hasn't. So I think Pedersen got paid a good contract as well. Yeah, two good contracts. And one that happened a couple days prior, Barkov in Florida, eight years, 10 million. 
lots of money, but this guy, 26 years old, he's been drafted in Florida, stayed in Florida the entire life, and now he's going to be there for even longer. What do you guys think? I love this deal too. I think Barkov's worth all the money. This guy's not only is he, an, is he an elite scoring talent in the league, but he's also an elite two-way centerman as well. So I like the deal for Florida. I think it was a great price for Barkov. Yeah, I'm su- surprised you don't like. Obviously, the deal's fresh, but you don't hear anyone talking about having you know multiple guys on the roster making ten million like the Leafs do. So and I know, like, we'll get into this later, but you know, we got some high uh, high predictions for Florida this year, and it's it'll be funny to see how things work. But a great deal for Florida, obviously, locking up a talent like his and. And for the term, I don't think money's really an issue. It's just sort of asking him what what money he's comfortable with type thing. Exactly. A really good player. He was always the player everyone thought he was underrated. He's underrated every year. Bar- Barkov, underrated. And now, not overrated, not underrated. We know he's a superstar. And his $10 million contract just proves that. Uh, one more player who got signed recently was Mika Zibinejad. Eight years, eight and a half million. I don't know about this one, boys. This guy is so hot and cold. He can score. Like, what do you, I think he had two four-goal games a couple seasons ago. And then he won't yeah. score for 25 games. So it's like, what do you want from this guy? Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's so – exactly what you said, Steve. Such a hot and cold player. I really don't know what to think of him. But I, I don't know if he's actually worth that amount of money. Um, I mean, I guess, like, stats-wise, he is. He's got to be. But just uh, like you were saying before, Bernie, the eye test. The eye test for me on Zabinajad doesn't tell me he's an eight over eight mil player, um, especially on a contract that'll bring him to 30, 36, 37 years old. Yeah, well, you look at the Rangers, they didn't really have any other options. I mean, they're they aren't really having any luck on the Eichel front. Um, there wasn't really any big fish out there on the free agent market this summer for them to 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 take advantage of. So it leaves them with Zabinajad. It's either you got to pay the guy or you let him walk or trade him. And I don't think they're in a position to do that with you know, the amount of pressure that's in New York to make the postseason this year. So I think um, New York kind of played the cards it was dealt, and it works out for, for both sides, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe they gave him a couple more dollars because he's got the sweet uh, locker room tunes because he's a DJ. So <laughs> Yeah, and they need, they need a new good-looking suite to, to uh, replace Lank, or uh, Lank, <laughs> to replace Longquest. So uh, definitely worth the ex, extra million. Yeah, uh, one player. Oh, sorry. What's that? Another Swede with good flow, eh? And great hair. Great locks on the on the young stud. Uh, one more player that hasn't been signed yet, Brady Kachuk in Ottawa. And uh, for people like me who picked him in fantasy are kind of waiting here. But something came out today that they're basically there with a month ago and now nothing has changed. So uh, not looking good for Ottawa fans there at least. Yeah, I think either the team or – or the player, someone's got to budge here at some point. Probably the team, in my opinion, just got to budge and just get them signed so we can start playing with the team that's supposed to like get them there in the atmosphere with the guys. Like at, the, at some point, you got to budge off that seven or eight year deal and just get them for a bridge because you just want the the team to kind of uh, take that step forward. You need them there to do that. Yeah, and we we spent a lot of time last week. I kind of just just dwelling on it. I think I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's just like you, either side's got to budge here. So. I know I said uh, game two, he'd be ready because I thought a deal would have got done last week. But who knows? This this could drag on for a while. We might see another uh, deadline, sort of like the Nylander situation a couple of years ago if, if, if no one wants to budge. So interesting situation to definitely keep an eye on.
I was about to say, just reminds me of William Nylander a couple of years ago. And one more <laughs> person who got a deal, but not a player. John Cooper in Tampa, three more years, undisclosed amount. So what are you guys, if you are the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning, what are you paying the uh, coach of back-to-back cups? What's he get? Um, I'm not really sure what the like average is among the league, but I'm assuming it'd probably be somewhere from like the average being somewhere from two to four million for coaches, right? Annually. Um, and especially if Cooper just just won back to back cups, man. This has got to be probably one of uh, the more uh, the, the bigger con or coaching contracts that have been signed. I'm assuming it's probably somewhere north of four million annually, and it's three more years, right? I'm gonna say six million. Whoa, woo! Well, that would be the highest, wouldn't it? Ever wasn't Babs the highest a couple years ago at five something? <sighs> Uh, I'm not sure I'd have to do my math or do my homework on that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You look at some of the historical, like you, you mentioned Babcock and I know Quenville was making a pretty penny in, in Chicago after winning whatever it was three cups. So in today's time, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it. 6 million would probably be a good number. I'm sure he's happy with it and down in Florida tax free. So well, not <laughs> tax free, but yeah, not, no not exactly tax free, but no state tax. Right. So, um, I'm going to say six, three times six back-to-back cups and a good chance to three-peat this year. I'm pretty sure, and I bet you there's some uh, incentives worked into the deal as well. So, yeah, I, I think like, he deserves it. I feel like if it was, like, higher than Babcock's and setting a new precedent, I feel like it would have been it would have been out there by now or something like that. So I'm going to say roughly around, like, around probably what Babs was, was 5.2 or 5.5 for three years. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think he's around 5.25. But uh, back to back cups, he can really he can uh, they can hand him a blank check and he can write down his exactly uh, thing there. Yeah, right? s- similar thing to Barkov. Just you know, take what what money you're comfortable with. Exactly. And uh, before we get into the uh, deep stuff here, um, I want to give a shout out to Brian Boyle. He just scored to make it two nothing Pittsburgh. Obviously, he wasn't in the league last year. He battled cancer the year before that. To then. Uh, Came on in the Olympics and or was it the Olympics? No, the World, World Championship. World Championship. Sorry, yeah. And then uh, kind of just played his way back into NHL role. And look at that first game back with Pittsburgh scores. So snaps for Mister Boyle. Yeah, they're gonna need they're gonna need that with all the injuries they have up front right now. So good on him. Yeah, no Crosby, no Malkin. But before we get into no, those, no Gensel, oh, no Gensel either. Well, yeah, COVID. Geez. And they're currently up to nothing on the back-to-back defending champs. So look at that. Um, let's do breakout team here, fellas. Brand new season. What team catches your eye that's going to make a jump in the standings this season? All right, I'll take the lead, boys. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vancouver Canucks. I really like the moves that they made in the offseason. Um, I like that they're kind of handing the uh, – Handing the starter position to Thatcher Demko, who I think is going to be a great goaltender. Um, uh, and I think he's he's done well for them so far, too. Uh, I also think that going back to the Pacific Division will be beneficial for them. I think it'll help them uh, help them get back into a playoff position. I'm not trying to uh, give anything away and for our future bold predictions here. But <laughs> I think the Vancouver Canucks uh, are my breakout team here. I like everything the direction they're going and everything that they've done over the offseason. I like that pick. Interesting. I like how you mentioned the Pacific Division because that division is going to be pretty weak this season. Yeah. Lots of teams got lots of ways to move up in there. What about you, Bernie? Uh, For me, I got the Philadelphia Flyers Flyers as my breakout team uh, uh, of the season. I think uh, 
I think they really went through a shift in, in locker room culture this offseason with the moves that you know Chuck Fletcher and the stat, the management have made in Philadelphia, bringing in a brand new decor with Yandel, Ellis, Rissalainen, um, you know, adding former 40 goal scorer Cam Atkinson out of Columbus. Um, you know, they they they've really made a, a really good uh room, I think, with a lot of talent and a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And, and I also think uh Carter Carahat. <laughs> is gonna bounce is gonna bounce back this season after a kind of lackluster performance last year and then just add the youth of of uh Konechny, Farabee, uh Wade Allison if you've seen him out of, out yeah. of Western Michigan and he's, uh he's yeah, and, and Morgan Frost. So they got a lot of pieces there and I think if they can kind of just shift that that culture like they're trying to do this summer, I think they're gonna be a good team in the metro this year. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with you there. I think they're gonna have a bounce back year as well. Uh like last year they were they were like projected they had high expectations they were projected to make playoffs last year mm-hmm. and they just kind of hit a bump in the road i think there was a lot of stuff that they acknowledged over the offseason and made an effort to change they completely revamped the right side of their defense like you said mm-hmm. um i like the moves they've made i really am a big fan of ryan Ellis, so i like that acquisition bringing him in um wrist and we'll see how he does too but i think carter hart will bounce back as well i was listening to a podcast earlier um a little rival podcast that won't be named but uh <laughs> someone someone was talking about um how carter hired this offseason they kind of approached it differently and then they had both the philadelphia goalie coach and carter hart's goalie coach back in canada working together um to kind of make sure they were they're both on the same page this year and maybe that's where kind of communication went wrong last year and something might have they might have hit a lull who knows but i like that pick bernie yeah, yeah, just what, sorry, Steve. One other thing I forgot to mention too is Mitch kind of reminded me of it, though. You know, bringing in these guys all on the right side, on the right side on the back end, I think this will also reduce the, the workload for for Proveroff, right? So someone who was doing really well, um, you know, producing at an elite level a couple of years ago, and then you know, with this increased workload and and having to worry more about on the defensive side of the of the of the ice, just based with the with the group that they had around them, it was it kind of wear and tearing on them. So. I'm expecting him to have a big season as well and really produce for them. Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyers are just being kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place for so many years. They just kind of being there, not good, not great. And yeah, maybe they got the uh, the team to do it, right? Claude Drew's up there, Cam Atkinson, Carter Cotahot, if he gets a bounce back uh, here. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's one as well. Uh, my breakout team, I'm going with the uh, Ottawa Senators. Obviously a very young team. Uh, struggled last year at times, but uh, during the end of the year, you could probably say they were third or fourth best team in that Canadian division by the end of the year because they were so solid. They were stealing points from everybody. At one point, they are like almost not pushing for a playoff spot, but kind of like hanging around them maybe a bit too long for than people thought. But I think they're going to be a really good team. I like the way DJ Smith is coaching them as well. And honestly, it kind of depends on what – I know we just talked about it, but Brady Kachuk does – Obviously, he's their future down the middle on the on the forward end. So, if he can come back, I think this team could be like pretty good. No, I mean I don't think they're a playoff team yet. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, they're going to be up there. I think. Yeah, I, I like that pick too. I love the style of hockey they play, the grittiness that uh, DJ Smith coaches with them there, and they just frustrate teams. So I I agree, and they've got a young, good core that they're kind of building up there. I love Thomas Shabbat. Uh, Brady Kachuk's an awesome player too, so I hope they get that deal done. But I think this is a solid pick as well, Steve. You just like every pick, eh, Mitch? 
for, I, for I me, like I'm gonna I'm gonna draw yeah. the line right. I'm gonna draw the line right there. I just don't think Ottawa is. I I, I do agree, Steve. They got a young core. They got a lot to be excited about. But for a team that's not even at the cap floor yet, or they might have just got to it today, like <laughs> I can't I can't see them having the impact on an 82 game schedule that you're expecting them to have, especially in a very good division this year compared to the Canadian division they played in last year. Fair. Um, you know, obviously mixing the travel with the young guys, I just think it'll wear on them. So I'm going to disagree on that one. I like that you brought that travel out because I didn't even think of that. That could that could take a toll on some players, especially yeah, if you're not used to doing that, right? Absolutely. Going out west. And I think it's usually Vancouver has the farthest stats-wise traveling distance. So yep. But Ottawa's up there, I'm sure, as well, being pretty Dallas, far north. Yeah, Dallas as well. But Yeah, so all right. So what, who do we pick? We went Vancouver, Philadelphia, and Ottawa. Now let's do breakout player. I know, uh, Mitch, you've got a couple. If you've uh, narrowed it down yeah. to one here. here. Here, I'll go first, Mitch, so you can okay, okay. you can decide in your head real quick. Uh, <laughs> I've already narrowed it down, buddy. I'm gonna, I already figured it out. I'm going to stick to uh, Philly. I'm going to go with Joel Farabee, um, someone yep. coming, out of, coming out of BU a couple of years ago. Uh, have decent rookie season with 21 points in 52 games. Took a big step last year with with thirty points, or sorry, thirty eight points in fifty five games, and like I was saying, you know, kind of tire pumping the Flyers and and they're they're kind of revamping their roster and the supporting cast. I think Farabee's due for for a breakout season this year. I think he's going to have sixty points, seventy points. Yeah, twenty goals last year and a hat trick in the first game. I will not forget that because I was debating on picking him up in fantasy and I did not. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a good player. I like that as well. Coming out of BU, first round pick in 2018, 20 goals next year. He's got all the ingredients to kind of have a good year this season. What about you, Mitch? Did you narrow it down? Yeah, I narrowed it down. I, that's an all right pick, Bernie. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of scoring talent on that team. Like I think a guy like Travis Konechny is going to bounce back big this year as well. Um, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I think depending on how Faraby plays, I feel like that he might move up and down that lineup with the other guys that are there. Um, my So I kind of had like three guys that I wanted to pick, but I think my favorite one that I'll pick now down here is I kind of like uh, Nico Heischer as kind of a bounce back breakout candidate. Um, I feel like he was kind of forgotten last year in that mix of young talent that New Jersey's got, especially after drafting another player, another first overall center in Jack Hughes. Not to mention Heischer missed a lot of last year with an injury while Jack Hughes like impressed a lot of people filling in that role. So I think Nico's going to come back big this year and have a breakout year, kind of hush the critics and, and bring the Devils to a surprisingly solid season for a rebuilding team. And I think he sure has got the talent to be considered one of those elite two-way centermen in the league, and I feel like this year is his year to kind of prove it. And he's, he's the, the captain, captain as well. Yeah. yeah, look at that. Yeah, I like that one as well. Like, you got to make all great points. I'm going with uh, Kirby Doc in Chicago. Uh, obviously, in a decent rookie year, and when he was picked third overall, he made the team right out of camp, right? So that was a surprise number one. And then, obviously, last year, season doesn't start, and then he goes to the Canadian World Juniors, believe he breaks his wrist or hurts his wrist, and is basically toast for two months. So I think um, if he came back after that, or sorry, if he played in the World Juniors, I think would have done a lot for his confidence as a player. So that's why I think he's coming in this year determined. He's going to be playing with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze is back. And then obviously you can add in Seth Jones on the defense if he plays on the power play. So again, all the stars are aligning for Kirby Doc to uh, put together a full 82 game season. 
Yeah, and Chicago is kind of uh, making that like last ditch effort with the core that they have for a playoff push this year. So I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. So I like that pick too. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to, or sorry, go ahead, Bernie. If you have anything, uh, I was just going to say he's probably going to really, uh, really enjoy having Jonathan Taze around. I think it'll take a little more pressure off him, and I think he's going to be able to learn a lot from him this season. Something, something he hasn't been able to. Well, he was it his first year last year. Well, this is he's coming into his third season, so he played with Taze. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think I just think he'll benefit from having Taze around the locker room again. That's all I was going to say. I bet the whole team will. Like he's yeah, oh, absolutely. Captain, okay, right, captain everywhere he goes. Yeah, and I wanted to give a quick shout out to another one of the guys that I really wanted to mention was Thatcher Demko. I think he's gonna. They've basically handed the number one job over to him this year, and if Vancouver can live up to. Uh, to the breakout team expectations I have for them, then uh, then I think that Thatcher Demko will have a really good year. Yep, fantasy goalie for myself, so I believe in that as well. Thank you. I think Vancouver's going to be do, do decent, but now the uh, the meat and bones of this podcast here, boys, we're going to do the uh, division predictions. So uh, what do we got? Who wants to go first for the uh, Metro Atlantic, and then we'll go over to the West Central Pacific or whatever order you want to go in, I guess. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down for the Metro. Okay, we'll start yeah, with we'll Metro. Start, start with the Metro. Um, I'll lead us off, boys. We'll just go through the four teams that we're picking for the playoffs. I got the Islanders coming in first in the Metro. Uh, I've got the Carolina Hurricanes second. New York Rangers third. I think they're going to make a big push this year. Um, and then I got the Philadelphia Flyers with the comeback season making the playoffs in that fourth slot, which means I got the – I think it's going to be – this this division's so hard, man. I think it's going to be really <laughs> tight. I honestly think between the Capitals, Penguins, and Devils, it's going to be really tight for potentially squeezing into the playoffs. And especially those Penguins and Capitals, those guys have been playoff staples for the past eight years, right? Yeah, yeah with them, exactly. Both of them missing in your predictions, like that's it's a pretty big deal. And uh, I like the Rangers up there because they basically fired everybody at the end of last season and said, we need to do something here. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that's another thing. The Rangers just took uh, cut Vitaly Kravstov today, and he's wants out. So that's another first round pick that uh, didn't really flourish. But uh, sorry to go off topic there. But uh, no, what do you think, Bernie? Um, yeah, I think Kravstov just didn't like the fighting lessons he saw. He he uh, got from <laughs> Reeves. <laughs> <That was laughs> funny. Um, but I uh, so I had Carolina as the the metro winner i think they're the class of the of the division i think their their skill levels above everyone else and i think you know with frederick anderson coming in this year i think they'll have a good tandem um with him leading the way but so i got carolina i got philly coming in second i think they're really going to go on a tear this year as as i've already alluded to as my breakout team of the year um i have the islanders coming in third and i have pittsburgh uh knocking out the rest as that final playoff spot um you know, a lot of people have the Islanders finishing the top top two of the division, even winning the division. But in my eyes, I just think their age isn't gonna isn't gonna do well in this eighty two game schedule. Something I've been used to for a couple of years. I think that's. I don't want it something. I don't think it's something that the the GMs haven't considered. But I don't think if I don't think Lou's put enough thought into this. Obviously, he's trying to build for a championship, but I really don't see them contending for the division uh, title this year, just based off the the amount of games and the average age of their team. Yeah, another fair point, Bernie. I like that uh, as well. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that like the Pittsburgh Penguins, on average, are older though? 
you'd have to bring up the stats, but I would say if you're going off based off the age like that, Pittsburgh definitely has better players at that age. Crosby and Malkin. Latang. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, and I was just getting back to Pittsburgh too. I think Jeff Carter will be uh, really good. I think it'll be one of his last really good seasons in the NHL. Yeah, he's still kicking, eh? Still yep. kicking. <laughs> uh, I'll do my predictions here for the. Hey, what would you have, now. Steve? I got uh, Carolina, New York Islanders, Flyers, and New York Rangers. So I believe we all picked uh, Carolina, the Islanders, no. and the Flyers. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. And then the only one that's different is Bernie switched the Rangers and the Penguins. So I got the Rangers squeaking in again. Like I said a couple minutes ago, they literally fired everybody and are kind of going all in just to make the playoffs this year or someone's going to go demand a trade out. So I think they squeeze in, but the Capitals and Penguins are going to be like right behind them. I think they're going to be like that. Those three teams are going to be fighting for like the last three games of the season, I think. So that's why it's important to win your win in the regulation and win at mm-hmm. the beginning of the year because you do not want to be uh fight for those last couple spots. So no. Yeah, again, Carolina, I think, is the cream of the crop of this division. Lineup wise, paper wise, I think they're solid and they're getting more experience in the playoffs as well the past couple of years. So yep. I think Carolina wins this metro not easily, but convincingly. And they added a young talent in Kokunyemi through the uh, offer yeah. sheet too. So good point. Added to their top nine really well. I think they're up there with Winnipeg. Yeah, I I uh, I got Islanders leading the Metro just because I, I like those style of play they play. I think they're and I think they're coached really well. Plus, they're deep, and I just think that Carolina on paper, like yes, they they added some players, they got better, but I think goaltending they took, in my opinion, I think they took like a kind of a fall off, and I don't know how it's going to affect them. I don't I don't think um, Anti Ranta and Frederick Anderson, at least from what I've seen um in the past year can live up to what Nedeljkovic and uh Peter Mrazek and James Reimer brought they were all pretty stellar for Carolina so sounds like a sour leaf fan to me (laughs) that's definitely what it is (laughs) also losing Dougie Hamilton though too that's fair that's fair let's uh keep it in the east now let's do the Atlantic uh Mitch you want to go first again yep so I've got uh I think this team's one of the most stacked teams in the league this year. The Florida Panthers leading the Atlantic. I've got uh, Tampa coming in second. I've got the Toronto Maple Leafs in third. And the Boston Bruins in fourth. And I will say I do have Ottawa missing the playoffs, but coming in fifth. No Canadians, eh? For the uh, Stanley Cup runner-up. They're not in there? God, no. (laughs) I think think we all had... uh... The same four teams in the, in the Atlantic. I think they're pretty clear, pretty clear cut. Uh, so I had Tampa Bay winning the division. I think uh, they might repeat again. They look really good. Obviously not tonight. Um, I think the emotions kind of <laughs> the emotions kind of settling in tonight again in their home home opener against Pittsburgh and the, the banner raising and whatnot. But I got Tampa. I got the Leafs coming in second. I got Florida coming in third, and I got Boston with the last last playoff spot. Um, I, I think Tampa is the clear-cut winner to win the division. Um, I think they have the experience and more grit than Florida. Um, and then the reason why I, I kind of put the Leafs in front of Florida is I really like the grit in the the bottom six that the, the Leafs staff have put together through this preseason. I've liked Richie. I've liked Casa. Um, I've liked Bunting. I think Engvall and, and McKayev have stepped up in the preseason. I'm excited to see if they can continue that into the, into the regular season. And then just with – that last playoff spot, like I really don't see Ottawa, Detroit, Montreal, or Buffalo 
you know, coming anywhere close to those top four teams. So it was pretty easy just to slide Boston in there last. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the, the gap between the top four, bottom four is a little big, but I, not not harping on Ottawa at all, though. I think that they're, they're going to surprise people by finishing ahead of those other three teams. Yeah, and I guess, but I guess there is a chance that you could see, um, you know, one of those four teams, whichever one wants to, pick it up uh you know might contend boston for that final playoff spot and the only reason i say that is because there's no tuka rask this year there's no david krejci um you got swayman and who's the, the all mark got an all mark okay so brand new goalie tandem in the year um some question marks there you got to see if some guys can can prove their worth and and uh and uh keep boston in contention all year yeah, so I had uh, the same four as well. I went uh, Florida, number one, Tampa Bay, number two, Boston, number three, and the Maple Leafs, number four. <laughs> Basically, uh, w- what's the what's the laugh? Why'd you laugh there? Nothing. Go on. <laughs> Go on. Leafs, dude, man, I'm telling you, if, obviously, it doesn't matter if we can say if these guys go on a skid, if these, something happens here, because we never know what's going to happen, but... I think when you Mitch, you said the top four and bottom four are completely different. I think you should put Montreal into that top four. So I think it'd be a five and three. This this division's totally pretty top top heavy. So I think Montreal can push. I have the Leafs in fourth, but whoever's in fourth, really to the end of the season here. Again, you got to win against those teams in your division. That's so important heading into the end of the year. But I think uh, Bernie you hit the nail on the head with Boston and Tampa Bay. They're always good. Florida, I just think their team is kind of like Carolina, just solid throughout. And uh, But I will say they do have a question mark in goalie. Spencer Knight played in the playoffs for a couple games and a couple games in the regular season and looked good. But I don't know if he's going to be able to, one, be the starter, or if Bobrovsky is going to come back from whatever you call last season a nightmare. So, like, yeah, like that's another question mark for Florida, but I think they get there. So I went Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto. Now let's go to the West. I didn't want to do Central. Yeah, another another I'll hard one. Off. This one was very tough. I think this was, along with the Metro, uh, the two hardest divisions to kind of uh, kind of pinpoint here. I think we all kind of got a little different teams in uh, in the Central here. But I got Colorado leading us off at number one. Um, I just think that, I mean, they filled the holes of the players that they left, that they lost this year uh, pretty well. I like bringing in um, the goaltending of, uh, what's his name? Oh, Darcy Kemper. I like yeah. Darcy Kemper as a replacement for Grubauer. Um, although McKinnon's out with COVID right now, asymptomatic. But anyways, we'll move on number two, Winnipeg Jets. Um, I think they're going to have a, a solid year this year. Um Minnesota Wild, I got it number three. Uh, I think they're just going to keep keep taking strides forward, um, as we've seen over the last few years. And then at four, I've got the Chicago Blackhawks that I think are going to make a playoff push this year. Uh, they're kind of on that last edge of uh, the old core and kind of bringing in their new core. And I think that the move to get Marc-Andre Fleury was let's give it one more shot sort of move. So I think that um, they're going to go for it this year, and I think they're going to slide into a playoff spot at four. Yeah, why not get Flurry when he's free, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's just going to be a re- recycled joke all season. I know. <laughs> um, but I uh, – so 
if you guys listened last week to the first episode of the season, I, I spoke about Winnipeg uh, having the best offseason, in my opinion, with the two additions on the back end and, and Brendan Dillon and and uh, Nate Schmidt. Um, but so I have them winning division. I think um, I think from top to bottom, their team's absolutely solid. They got a Vesna caliber goaltender. They got a best top nine in the league. And in my opinion, they have a really solid decor that can move. So I got Winnipeg winning the division. I got Colorado coming in second. Um, obviously they lost a few pieces and, um, someone like Bowen Byram is going to have to take a step up on the back end this, this year. I think there'll be a bit of an adjustment period. I don't think there'll be president's trophy winners like they were last year, but I definitely think that, uh, they got second place all locked up and now I got Dallas coming in third. And like you said, Mitch, I got Chicago slot in at four. I think that's a lock. Um, but with Dallas, like I, I think they're going to be sneaky good this year. I think Tyler Sagan fully healthy. Um, they signed Ryan Suter to a cheap deal to bring in to kind of bolster their back end with uh, Heisken and, and Klingberg. And, and Lindell. Yeah, and Lindell. Like, <laughs> and I really like the way they play. I really like the, their uh, north-south game that they play in Dallas. And <laughs> I think the division's, um, you know, those those bottom two spots for the playoffs, I think they're up for grabs. I think Dallas is, uh, is right there. Yeah, yeah I Dallas. agree. I thought it was interesting how they brought in Braden Holpe when uh, when Jake uh, I don't know how to say his last name o- Ottinger Ottinger played pretty well for them last year. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt to always have like a, a reassurance well, back there, right? What, sorry, what happened to Bishop? I believe he, he just kind of fell off. Just is he just, retired? Did he is he hurt? Like I haven't heard any news about him. Honestly, me either, and he's still on LTIR. So I, I guess they do the acquisition to get Holpe kind of just reassured everyone that I guess Ben Bishop's probably not coming back. Yeah, I, what did I you? Just uh, up. He's kind of on limbo right now. So what did you have, Steve? Um, Central. I went Colorado number one. You guys already said how good they are, so I think that's pretty standard. I went Dallas number two. Bernie, you just went on them exactly what I was going to say, and you forgot Jason Robertson and Ruby yeah. Hints. So. Europe. <laughs> uh, Jason had a great year last year, kind of out of nowhere. Basically, second round pick kind of came out of nowhere. So if he can put up solid second line minutes, that's going to be good for them. In third, I have Minnesota. Again, a team that just needs to get over the hump is kind of like similar to Philadelphia. Just good, not great for so long. See what happens with them. And then my final spot, I went with Winnipeg. So Bernie had Winnipeg number one and I have number four. I think that's the biggest discrepancy we've had uh, so far right now i've got so, dallas like not even i've got st louis oh. above dallas not even making the playoffs i don't know i i see your guys <laughs> points i think this division is just hard man i think it's hard to predict um because i could to be completely honest the team we all haven't talked about i could even see st louis kind of having a bounce back too and maybe even making a push as well so it's going to be tough this division but you know I why st they, louis might have a uh, pretty good jump up this season why is that what because they got the new president of hockey operations running the show there. So. Oh. <laughs> sure, Ellie. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. St. Louis fan right here. Steve is the biggest Peter Shirelli fan. Yeah, friend, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Waiting for my Krug jersey to come in the mail. <laughs> uh, okay, Pacific Division. This one is like all over the place. I, mean, I think there's... It's like there's so many bad teams in this division, and I think this one is kind of just like everyone's yeah, fighting for that top four, right? It, exactly. It's kind of funny how this division, like we are saying, is kind of uh, the the least talented and everything, but a lot of us have different picks. Like it's still not like 
pretty straightforward to, to make predictions here for it. So um, I've got the Vegas Golden Knights leading it off. I've got Edmonton Oilers, uh, number two. I've got the Vancouver Canucks, number three in the Pacific. I think they're going to have a big year, big bounce back year. And I think the competition in this division will help them uh, in obtaining that, that playoff position. And then uh, I've got Calgary Flames in number four. I'm hoping that they have a bounce back here just for their sake, man. They've got a, like a solid team on paper. I just don't know why they can't put it all together in the past few years. But um, And, yeah, that's it, boys. I, it, I don't have Calgary making the playoffs. I just think that their, their top-end guys aren't, aren't going to get it done for them. I just don't have faith in Goudreau and Monaghan. Um, and... Um, Sutter hasn't even shown shown uh, Kachuk like he's been he hasn't been playing that much last year he's cutting his minutes and then this year in preseason he has been getting a lot of time so maybe that's preseason uh, maybe Sutter's trying to send a message but I just don't think they can get it done but I got I got Vegas and Edmonton like you said Mitch I think they're locked for the top two um, I have Seattle coming in third I really like their veteran team I like I've said I've I'm excited to see what they can do this year I think I think they might be able to. Uh, <laughs> Oh, oh, sorry, boys. I think they might. I think <laughs> yeah, they that, might be able. That pick makes me sick too, Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, I just think with Grubauer, and I think Vince Dunn will have a good year. I think uh, he's got a lot of room to grow on the back end, and, and they got a really great team. I think they'll make a make it in the postseason, and then probably the uh, surprise pick of the of the evening. I've got Anaheim taking that fourth spot. I just don't think that is very Santa, surprising. I just yeah, don't think. <laughs> I just don't think. Well. It's, I mean, boys, I got Vancouver, Calgary, LA, San Jose. I just think exactly. <laughs> I just think with Anaheim, they got Gibson. Um, you know, he's a solid back on the back end. I think they got um, Fowler and, and um, they got Drysdale back there. Too. Drysdale. And they're loaded up front now with, with Zgrass and Troy Terry and, and all those young studs that they, they have coming in the pipeline. I think, uh, I think they could fly under the radar this year. And I think they could uh, definitely contend for the last playoff spot. Yeah, Maxime Comtois, another player, kind of didn't come out of nowhere, but really showed he's an NHL player last year. So I like their team as well. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, though. So my yeah. Pacific division, I've got Edmonton number one. I Pretty self-explanatory. I think they're going to score a Kabillion goals like the Florida Panthers and maybe letting a Kabillion in as well. But uh, they're going to score on the power play. I saw that someone, there's like, I think last year, they're at 28% for their power play, which is insane. And yeah, I, think that could be, I think that could be an even better, man. I'm telling you. In the Pacific, team. too. Exactly. So I went Edmonton. I went Calgary second. I just think they're going to have a bounce back year. Bernie was kind of on the opposite of that. But um, I don't know. I think they're going to be second. And I went Vegas three and uh, Vancouver four. I think uh, Vegas is kind of kind of drop off this year. Just not the Vegas team that we've seen the past couple of years. So that's who I've got. The, yeah, the, Vegas Vegas is missing their like having two of the top five goalies in the league as their tandem uh this year. But I, I, I just want to hop back on the the Seattle pick that Adam put. I like I love <laughs> I love Seattle. Like don't get me wrong, I love what they've uh built there with the core, especially on the defense and goaltending. I just don't think they have the elite scoring to make a playoff push. At this point, maybe they make a well, trade mid-season too if things start to look better, right? You and, you look at you look at their division. They won't need to score goals. They will need to prevent them, and that's how they get wins. That that whole division can't score except for Edmonton and Vegas. 
but I don't think they're going to have the Vegas success in year one. Yeah. So, which is why I put them at third. Okay, fair. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, they're definitely not going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. But again, that's what we said about Vegas too, right? So the yeah, the only reason I didn't have Edmonton at one was just because they're goaltending. I just have a feeling that they're going to have to trade for a goaltender. You know, maybe that's Gibson. Maybe maybe yes. Anaheim does shit the bed, and and uh, you know Gibson's yeah. available to trade deadline. Maybe that was, you know that's that's also a realistic possibility. Uh, but that yeah. was why that was kind of why I didn't like Edmonton uh, um, um, taking the top spot. I was just going to say about Anaheim, I feel like they've had Gibson for years. He's a great goaltender, but I still think that they're they're a few steps away from making a push at all with that young core. Um, I think they're just – I think that, if anything, a bold prediction might be Gibson being traded at the deadline to a team that needs a goaltender. Yeah, I saw them, uh, something to do with Edmonton and Gibson. It was like Edmonton's kind of hit. Again, you don't really know until they play in the NHL, but it looks like they've hit on their past three first-round picks. So why not give away their first round pick and whatever for Gibson and Gibson's contract ends the same years as McDavid's. So kind of just everything, the dominoes are yeah. falling into line there, right? For Edmonton another, uh, falling into another, place, you mean, Steve, same we're going to we're gonna have to work on these things. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I always, I always fuck up sayings as well. Don't worry. I've got a full list of sayings that I can't get right, but uh, I, think, I think Steve takes the trophy, though, but go on. <laughs> Another I'll, bold I'll prediction that, that could be interesting too is like we were saying, Seattle doesn't have the elite scoring talent, right? If a team like Calgary, who's it, who's been in talks of having a bounce back season, if they don't get shit done this year, you could see them trading off those guys like Sean Monahan, Johnny Goudreau, moving on from that core, and maybe a team like Seattle takes a flyer on them to get mm-hmm. some elite scoring too. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But at the same time, a lot of teams don't do in division trades. Fair. All right, boys, uh, moving on to the end of the show here. Last uh, main topic, President Trophy. So last year, Colorado won, obviously goes to the team with the most points in the regular season. Who they, won on the last, they won on the last game of the year last year versus Vegas. Whoever oh, won, won the President's oh, Trophy. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. And Vegas had to play like half of their AHL team, didn't they? Yeah. Because there was some sort of yep. cap restriction thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, good, good memory, good memory. So, uh, who do Bunch you guys elephants in the room? Yeah, who are you guys picking for your president's trophy winner? Um, I gotta be honest, I, I have Vegas, I think Vegas is still going to be just as good. Um, I, and I think that those guys are going to take a step forward. I think a guy like Shay Theodore is going to have an, an awesome, like crazy good year. I think he's going to try and I think he'll make a push for the Canadian Olympic team, honestly. You, um, sorry, Mitch, did you not just say that? You don't expect them to be Vegas of the past, or is that Steve? No, that was, that was me. Steve. Okay, my my bad, my bad. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, I got Vegas winning the President's <laughs> Trophy. I got. Well, uh, we all got good memory, but you, eh, bud? Short term. I got great memory. Only, <laughs> only remember what matters. I uh, I got Tampa winning the cup, um, or sorry, oh. win the win the President's Trophy. Um, yeah, I th- I think they're they're prime candidate to uh to three peat with the cup, and I think they're right there to win the president's trophy again. So I'm gonna give the nudge to uh to the defending cup champs. Bro, I honestly think Florida might run away with the Atlantic. I think they're just <laughs> so good. I'm excited to watch them play this year. I, I don't know about that Tampa pick. Okay, I'll go different then. I'm going with Carolina. I would go with Ooh. Florida or Tampa Bay, but uh I feel like they're just gonna beat up on each other too much, right? 
Yeah, Mitch, let's put a let's put an ice bet on the year on the uh, season series between Tampa and Florida. I got Tampa. That's going to be the Battle of Florida. Looks spicy. Season, season series or just who finishes better in the Atlantic? Season series. All right. So whatever it is, six or seven. I think it's seven games they play in division. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Seven games. So best of seven regular season ice bet. Yeah, you got it. Let's, let's do it. it. Lock it in. Virtual handshake. I like it. Yeah. And Steve, to your pick, Carolina, uh, I just still think that their goaltending took a step back. I Maybe I'm just sour about... Yes, you are a salty Leafs fan. I think fan you're pretty sour. Yeah, maybe I'm just a salty Leafs fan, and I'm sour that they... I'm still sour that they made those moves. It's still mind-boggling me getting rid of Nadelkovich <laughs> and uh, and Peter Mrazek and, and James Reimer and p- taking on more money in guys that I think are not as reliable, but... I think there's just more. I think there's just more to the story that we're just never going to hear. Yeah, yeah, maybe. All right, now for the uh, point everybody has been waiting for. Drum roll, please. Bernie's action is officially back, and week one, Wednesday, October thirteenth, officially the second day of the NHL season. Who's Bernie riding with this week? All right, guys, excited to be back after uh, you know. Big season last year is my first year doing it. I uh, finished the year at 125 and 71, so clicking at 64%. Pretty good, I'd say. Really very good, good actually. Very good, yeah. <laughs> um, so excited to, to start the year off. Um, for those of you f- who follow Bernie's action on Twitter, I had the over tonight in Pittsburgh and Tampa. I think the over was at five and a half. I was all over that. Um, don't check the game until after, though. Game's not over, but uh, but uh, so Wednesday night, teen up Wednesday night. I think there's uh, a lot of uncertainty on on the docket. I think uh, you know the Vegas books are are really too sure of how they're going to play out. So I got start things off for you, Leaf lovers. I'm going to take the over of uh, Leafs and Habs tomorrow night over five and a half. I think uh, it's going to be a high scoring game. I think there's going to be a lot of energy in the building in Toronto with fans. I think <clears throat> I think that's a lock of taking the over at five and a half. Next up, I got um, the Winnipeg Jets are visiting the Anaheim Ducks tomorrow night. I got Winnipeg at minus one and a half. Uh, I think they're going to steamroll the Ducks tomorrow night, even though I just went on to say how much I like the Ducks and think they're going to make the postseason. But uh, I just think the Jets are ready. They've looked good in the preseason. I I expect a big game tomorrow night in Anaheim out of the Jets. So I'm going to take the Jets minus one and a half. And... uh, We'll just leave it at that. We'll see how we'll see how things go, and then we'll we'll uh, reevaluate next week. So starting off start, slow, yeah, starting off slow, ease things back, ease it back into it. So, uh, but starting with my first pick at, at uh, Habs and Leafs over five and a half tomorrow night at the uh, Scotiabank Center. What do you guys think? I think that's an easy ride. I'm like uh, I'm gonna ride as well, man. I think at the beginning of the season, I think I want to know the stats on this. I would love to learn about this, but. I think at the beginning of the season, a lot of overs would probably hit because it's a little more sloppy hockey, and their guys are getting back into uh, into their sh- into their shape and kind of into their uh, into their game uh, strategy and stuff like that. So I, I feel like a lot of games kind of hit the over in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of value there. Like you look around the league, uh, the rest of the evening, you got the Rangers and Capitals um, line at six goals. You got the Canucks and Oilers at six and a half. And you got the Blackhawks and Avalanche at six. So you're looking at the Leafs, you know, pretty high praised offense, no carry price in the other in the other net. Like just yeah, as we think, though. So maybe like it's almost a trap. 
it's almost a trap. Like they know something we don't, but I'm going to hop all over that. But um, yeah, if Austin uh, was there, the over would be at seven, eh, Steve? Uh, <laughs> actually, no, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going to my next pick at uh, the Jets visiting the, the Ducks tomorrow night in Anaheim. I'm going to take the Jets a minus one and a half. Are you guys riding or fading that? Uh, I'm going to fade. I think it'll be closer than you think. Puck line? I think it'll. Um... I'll ride it. I'll ride it. I like the Jets. You like that? Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I honestly think Anaheim's dog water. So I think that uh, <laughs> might dog steamroll. That's funny. All right, boys. All right. Uh, great other episode. than that, other than that, you can uh, catch the rest of this week's picks at Bernie's Action on Twitter and catch in, cash in on the action. Hey, Adam. Hey, Mitch. What days are you doing Bernie's Action? Every day. Whoa. Oh, not every day. Most days. <laughs> don't don't hold me to that. I might be snoozing some days, so don't hold me to that. But most days, you can find uh, Bernie's action on Twitter for yeah. the latest uh, up to date picks. And wow, Net, Netfront Pod will be uh, retweeting those picks as well. So make sure you follow us at Netfront Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So get out of town. <laughs> I know, eh? Crazy, crazy. All right, boys. A uh, good episode. Anything else you guys want to add before we uh, sign off here? Nope. Uh, excited for the season to get going. I'm excited to watch Seattle play tonight and we get to talk a little bit about them uh, next week, I'm sure. But nope, excited. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're back, baby. Let's get <laughs> some episodes uh, in soon, too, for Olympic previews, too. I'm so fired up for Olympics back. Yes, finally. NHL players are back. It's going to be a good time. All right. All right, boys, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NetFrontPod and subscribe on whatever you're listening to. And uh, we'll see you next week.